She, you, uh, what's this? Who a teammate you like just didn't fuck with at all? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like get this nigga out of here. Like, I'm not passing him the ball. Um, I fuck with all my teammates, but I had one teammate in college where, like, I broke my foot. And still to this day, that shit still sits with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just sent me a friend request on Twitter or Facebook or one of them things, one of them social media things. And uh, he was our big man. And the reason why I don't fuck with him is because my mom was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I had my surgery. My mom came down, like, literally when I got I'm coming out of the anesthesia. I'm probably talking crazy. I don't know right, right. at the time. But she, when I woke up, she was in my room. Mm-hmm. So she comes back to my apartment. I got a roommate at the time. And uh, this nigga in there playing music crazy. <laughs> He's smoking weed crazy. And... I'm still out of it because I'm 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 on, I'm on meds right, at the yeah, same yeah. time to keep the the pain down. Uh-huh. So all I want to do is just rest. I got a screw in my foot. Mm-hmm. He tells the coaches, "Man, I'm in my house. I can do what I want. My mother is sleeping in the bed with me because, like, again, it's just a two bedroom apartment. Right. So she's in my room, just laying next to me, just for support. For you know, if I need to get something to eat, or mm-hmm. I need some water or some Emotive. juice, yeah. whatever, she's there. Take the eight hour drive. I mean, a bus ride on a Greyhound, mm. and he and they're reckless. Oh, so this ain't even no basketball shit. Slim was just a dickhead. Fuck him. <laughs> Nigga sent me a friend request on my, I think it was Facebook. So uh, You never get that accepted. Big man of Virginia Tech, just know that joint get denied. Man. That's dead. So, <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm I'm just who I am. Right. And I'm not I'm I'm But I'm that's, a, that's a natural respect thing, man. That's like, my point. That's my point. Like everything with me starts with respect. I lead with it. Right. I'm not going to never disrespect anybody until I am slighted. Mm. When you slight me, then we'll have a totally different conversation or right. we'll have a totally different interaction. And he disrespected my mother. Like if my, if my mother, because my mother wasn't there every day. Mm-hmm. Like this nigga used to smoke weed and have bras in the house and I'm cool. That's fine. Right, my mother's there. Yeah, Chill, tone that shit down a little. And I bit, knew, like. I knew it was something suspect. Subject when he got called into the basketball office because he failed the drug test, and his mom. Now he, this is why I feel the way that I feel. He comes from a church background. His right. mom is a deacon. Pops is a pastor, uh-huh. or vice versa, but something of the such, and. His mother called the house phone. This back then when we had house phones and you can leave messages and call ID and all that. Called the house phone and and I answered it and I said that uh he's not here. Mm-hmm. Um have him call me when, you know, when he gets in. So I put a sticky note on top of the phone. Your mother said call her. Called his mother. This sucker is in there crying. 
I ain't talking about like copping a plea. Uh-huh. I'm talking about like somebody just beat like stomped him out with cleats on. He got holes all in his body and he hurting and he he messed like he crying tears. So he balling, sliding, he balling all that. Yeah. <laughs> that crying. And I was like, oh yeah, he's a sucker. It's no reason for me to even talk to this guy again. And we didn't speak probably since my I'ma say like yeah, since second semester of that year. Okay. And he sent me a friend request. I that nigga. It's my ass. Uh, you could you could pick any four players to go to war with throughout history. Who you choosing? What level? Just pro pro level. <laughs> NBA level. NBA. Okay. You can take any. Form. Yeah, you could. You gotta. You gotta. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta specify because I I seen a lot of different levels and there's a couple guys. So, um, four players to run and, to run with and you the point and I'm guard. the fifth. You the point guard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a I I am a player of demeanor, psychological. Mm-hmm. Period. So, I don't care what the uh, what the positions look like. Right. You know, point guard, small forward, whatever. Um, I base mine off of the demeanor of these guys, and of course, Mike is number one. That's that's a dead issue. Talk shit to you while he giving you a bucket. God rest his soul. Kobe is number two. Um, Shaq, for sure. I have to. And KG. <laughs> KG is just, he's different. I like different guys. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, that's what intrigues me about certain players or certain teams. Like, if you're different, I don't. you don't have to fit the mold. You can get a bucket. It's a lot of players out there that, that can get a bucket. Right. Now, if I'm not on that team, you say four players to play with me. Mm-hmm. If I'm not on that team, then AI is hands down the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I'm not on that team. Right. But you're saying four players to play with me. No, I'm taking – because Mike and Kobe, they interchangeable with two and the three. Right. It doesn't matter to me. Um, KG at the four and Shaq at the five. KG is going to intimidate everybody. Honey Nut Cheerios, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's my guy. Like – I'm, I, I, I've been fortunate enough Like my son plays For Carmelo's AAU team uh-huh. Black Ops And That's my guy But To say To be bold enough To say that In game Even if you just playing But that's the edge Like mm-hmm. Basketball is, is, is psychological It's from the neck up man There you go It's from the neck there up you, And a lot of people Don't understand that So 
I uh I always pay attention to who tries to gain the advantage. Mm-hmm. And it's not just domination. Right. Like I've heard Shaq have a full fledged conversation. Like regular conversation. Like, hey man, how your mama doing? <laughs> With a guy that he just dunked on. That's how it's 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 different. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just different. So my four is that Kobe, Mike, Shaq, and KG. Right. Who uh who's some players you like watching now? <laughs> Jason Tatum. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course Zion for the mm-hmm. you know, the wow factor and wanna see if he can keep it up. Um Steph. Clay. Mm-hmm. I like I like the way Golden State plays. Right. Cause it's not a ball dominant offense. Mm-hmm. It's offensively it's basketball and they play team defense. I love that um about the game. Uh I don't like watching James Harden. It's too many goddamn dribbles. <laughs> Go to sleep and wake up and he's dribbling too much. Um but at the same time, on the flip side, he can hoop. That's the crazy part. He knows the game of basketball, but he's in a situation where he has to, in order for them to be successful, he has to do what he's doing. See, my, my thing about him is he don't have to do all that goofy shit. Like, Yeah, he does. He don't, man. Like, He doesn't if he's not on that team. He he could he could do what he gotta do without doing all that foolishness, man. Like I I can't rock with it. That's my thing. He doesn't. I I it's, it, I'm not a fan of it. Right. Basketball wise, he doesn't have to do it if he's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. James Harden IQ is super duper high. Yeah. But you think about it. In all of D'Antoni's systems, it's a ball-dominant guard. James Harden is just the one of this time under his regime. Right. Period. If he goes somewhere else, James Harden is smart enough to, man, you know what? I got to play this way. He's not a selfish basketball player. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the way that he plays in Houston. Right. If he left somewhere, if, if he left and he came to the Wizards, he would play totally different because he had to, mm-hmm. but he would still be effective and he would still be dominant. He might not be your triple-double 40, 50, 60 guy, but he would still be in that conversation of like, hey, man, he's the goods. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So with the um, with the game kind of changing and gearing and shifting towards – you know, ball dominant guys, primarily offensive perimeter dudes. Like, if you was in your prime, how you, how you feel like you would fare today? Easy. <laughs> today? Today. Yeah, I'm 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 little as hell, and everybody just shoot threes. I'm the best shooter ever <laughs> in my mind. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. So to be able to like. If you're telling me I just need to pick up full court and I'm playing alongside, let's just take the teams that I was associated with, mm-hmm. Utah and Miami, 
and I'm playing next to Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer. And I'm just waiting on a catch and shoot. What? Who is Booby Gibson? <laughs> Who is the guy? That's what I'm saying. Right, like, right. you think about it, he sat over there and waited for LeBron and shot the cover off the basketball mm -hmm. and got a four-year deal. I want to say four years, 16, 17, 18 million dollars. Yeah, it was something like that. Why? You, you can't tell me in my mind that I can't do that. Miami. Dwayne Wade was the point guard. There was no point guard in Miami. Right. Shaq is getting double teamed. Dwayne Wade is, they clogging the lane so he can't penetrate. And I'm just standing over there, chilling. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shoot the cover off the basketball. So now, in this league, everything is penetrating pitch. Mm -hmm. Penetrating pitch. It's one-on-one -on -one penetrating pitch. That's the easiest thing for me to do. Now, in today's league, yeah, shoot the basketball. I easily average 15, 17 points a game. Uh, the ball went in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get no simpler than that. Stupid. So, um, during your, uh, you know, during your time in the NBA, you you've been around like, like we talked about earlier. You was around Kobe. Then you had a chance to be around uh, D Wade, Shaq, Pat Riley. Spent some time with Jerry Sloan, right? And uh, and Darren Williams. Like how, how was those experiences able to help you? You know your uh, overseas career. Um, you think about it. I went from Jerry Sloan to Pat Riley, mm -hmm. and you talking about two legendary coaches right. that are no longer coaching. That they both coached at the end of their, you know, they was at the end of their coaching careers. Mm -hmm. Pat Riley is still, you know, uh, I guess running the organization of Miami. But Jerry Sloan, not coaching, just walked away from the game. Probably a little older than Pat Riley. Maybe not. They probably about the same age, but Pat Riley just had the juice for it. But you're talking about uh, the discipline mm -hmm. that you have to deal with. And going into Miami, I was – Utah, it was my first. So I was nervous because of I didn't know what to expect right. from the whole NBA uh, realm. You know, like, oh, man, they, they about to kill us. I don't know. They were going to have us hang gliding off a of Dorito. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody knows. But when I got there, I had to settle myself down because mm -hmm. it wasn't as bad as I thought. Right. But then you hear the stories about Pat Riley where they're like, Pat says – or they say, Pat Riley, he, you're going to throw up mm -hmm. when before training camp is over with. You hear the, all these myths of, you know, dealing with a Pat Riley training camp. And I went there. It was tough. Mm -hmm. But it let me know that Gary Lampkins and my training, I was prepared. Right. But it was a... Man, it, it Miami, it's a culture. Mm -hmm. And as long as Pat Riley has something to do with it, it is totally 
different. And in order for you to play in Miami, you have to be built for it. The only way you're not built to play in Miami is when Pat Riley leaves. Eric Spolstra leaves. Eric Spolstra was my guards coach. He wasn't he was the assistant coach, but he was like the third or fourth assistant right, at right. the time, but he controlled the guards. But you look at and Pat Riley was a coach. Mm-hmm. It's a different situation down there. Different. And I'm always going to be a fan of Miami and Utah uh, because they gave me an opportunity. Right. And, of course, they gave me some money. <laughs> hey, man. That's, you pay me? I'm your friend. That's the most important thing. That's the most life. important thing. I am always a fan of Utah and Miami. Period. Period. So, um, towards the end of your career, uh, what um, when did you kind of start thinking about retirement or uh, stop playing? Um, I never thought about retirement until I had knee surgery. Mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I always thought about retiring. You know, back then, I always thought about retiring. I don't want to play past 35. Mm-hmm. But my knee surgery happened in 2000 and, or, you know, my knee injury because it, it was a chronic thing. Right, right. And I realized that I had to have the surgery or whatever and when I came back I wasn't ready to come back and then you know after surgery like that on your knee you skeptical you skeptical mm-hmm. about stopping because yeah. I, I I, it really gave out on me during a game mm-hmm. like I went I was going to my right and I stopped to try to cross like stiffly across mm-hmm. and my knee gave out and I fell mm-hmm. and I turned the ball over and I was just like, I was done. And it was the third game of the season. Damn. When I, yeah, third game of the season when I was in Italy. And I I, I didn't have the confidence to want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I tried, like I had cortisone shots and stuff like that. But once I had the surgery and I, and I was, you know, rehabbing. Right. You asked me earlier my favorite teammate, Jerry's Jackson, mm-hmm. man, he was a lifesaver because he lived above me and whatever it was that I needed, he made sure that he took care of it. So I'm going to say 2014, I started, because it happened at the end of 13. Okay. And then, you know, I was rehabbing into 14. Mm-hmm. And I came back and it took me they gave me eight weeks, mm-hmm. and then they said ten weeks, and still after ten weeks, I wasn't ready. Right, right. I wasn't ready. Just wasn't feeling the same. Mm-mm. Wasn't feeling the same. I was scared. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was like, man, I'm almost at the end. But I didn't want to believe it, mm-hmm. and I wound up retiring in 16, so two years later, because I tried to give it another shot, and I didn't. You know, teams in Italy, Russia, uh, Croatia, they wasn't going to take a chance on me being 33, 34, mm-hmm. 35 at the time when they can go get a player 23 right. cheaper for that. And I'm coming off an injury. So um, I called it quits. 
Did you um? Did you ever have any second thoughts about that? Were you satisfied with how you uh, walked away from the game? Hell no. Nah. Fuck no. <laughs> no, I didn't like because I wanted to go out on my terms. I wanted right, to right. walk away from it mm-hmm. instead of being forced out. Yeah, sort of. and and yeah, sort of, kinda. I I kind of was forced out due to injury right. as opposed to uh, you know, I just couldn't do it no more, and. Um, you know, I had conversations with my old coach, uh, and and trying to recreate something, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to leave for the money that he had on the table because he wound up leaving and going to another country. Okay, and we talked, and we still talk, still to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Italian coach, um, but it's not it it, it it's not worth leaving the country to go take care of something, you know, go play basketball overseas. Right. Not worth it. Right. So even with um with how your career ended, like sometimes when we talk, you always have a phrase you say, so uh, basketball is what I do, it's not who I am. Explain that. Uh it really it I I'd live by that. Um it's what I do. Basketball is what made the persona mm-hmm. of Brian Chase, um, but I only play basketball so I can eat some chicken wings at night with my <laughs> little brothers and them. Like I wasn't, I didn't play basketball to be, um, you know, to be the superstar or anything right. like that. Like I played basketball to eat. Mm-hmm. That was it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you getting letters and. Uh, people calling trying to figure out where you live at because I ain't had no phone. So they was going through other people to, to get, get to, you. to me. Mm-hmm. Some people called my junior high school. Some people called my high school. And I wasn't accessible like that. And I'm still not accessible like that. Not to any fault of anybody else, but I just, I'm an introvert. Right. And um, it was that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. Like I am a city kid that struggled, period, and became an introvert from you know through through the things that I've been through. Mm-hmm. But basketball wasn't. I never had aspirations of walking across the stage of and getting drafted or whatever. But once basketball started to take form, mm-hmm. then my goals changed. And I wanted to, everything that I've done, I, I'm doing it mm-hmm. or I've done it. Um, now I have goals as I've gotten older, but I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Right. And those goals came when I was in high school after I saw like, okay, basketball is what it is. Mm-hmm. And they coming for real. So if you look at, um, if you look at my yearbook and you look at my yearbook picture under it, it says professional basketball player, mm-hmm. period. It doesn't say NBA or anything like that because at that time I was like, okay, all right, I can get it done. And I started to believe. I went to college and I had a 13-year career, became a professional basketball uh, player. And now 
I ha- it's always been in my DNA to give back to these kids, mm-hmm. to teach, to mentor. It doesn't matter, but work with kids. And now I'm doing it. Right. So I can't. My dream is done mm-hmm. For real What I really wanted to do And I'm going to say It really started to form Probably around 2021 okay. That's what I wanted to do It wasn't a thing In high school mm-hmm. But Midway through college I got to work with these kids I got to play professional basketball And I Have been fortunate enough to Do both And I'm In the realm of working with the kids now all right, so your your son is in it now. <laughs> yeah. So just being around this thing, you know, you see people that got cut from JV in the eleventh grade, but they telling their kids what they need to do to be successful in basketball or whatever. So how do you, with you having such an extensive professional career and all the experiences you had, how do you manage your expectations of your son and kind of like, you know, not have him feel like he's got to live up live up to dad or surpass dad I don't talk to him about it like um, you know we done had numerous conversations but it's a lot of things that I don't give a shit about mm-hmm. and I don't care what he decides to do but whatever he decides to do just make sure you're passionate about it mm-hmm. you know what I mean like if, 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 if his passion is there then we good right. as long as I know that that's what he want to do we're fine, but I don't. I don't care what he does. I, I really don't, because my 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 son is he's a great kid, and I want him to just enjoy that part of his life mm-hmm. of just being a kid. I I, I want to ride my bike. I want to go to the basketball court. I want to go to the playground. I want some ice cream, whatever. I want him to enjoy that. But like I told his coaches, I don't have nothing to do with whatever it is that you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Period. Because I don't want him to feel that pressure. He already feels pressure with me just sitting there watching him play. Mm -hmm. He knows. But the one thing I love about my son that he takes from me he will never tell nobody that his dad plays basketball or played basketball or played overseas or played for Miami or played for He will never say that. That never comes out of his mouth. He loves it just because it's a part of him. I'll show you a video, his very first shot. When we done, I'm going to show it to you. And you're going to be like, man, you tripping. That's his very first shot. And it's in him, just like it was in me. Nobody taught me. I'm not teaching my son. I'm not teaching my son yet. I want him to have fun. He got to learn, got to fall in love with it first. Got to fall in love with it first, and then all of the information will be so natural. Mm -hmm. Then we're having another conversation. But right now, he's nine. He'll be 10 this year, and... He wants to have fun. My daughter, she wants to be cute. That's not... I want my kids to be whoever it is that they're going to be. Now, my son's mother, she wants him to be Mm well-rounded. And 
um, you know, he then took soccer lessons and bought the start playing piano and like he's one he's he's that kid but my wife she lets it be known like i have to ease up a little bit because i'm the pluck your forehead dad <laughs> and she's the spoiled mom so but i I don't, I don't put no pressure on him at all at all so um you've been out of the game for a few years now Let's talk about life after basketball. You got your your fusion shirt on. I got this hat on. This wasn't planned, by the way, but uh Hey man. Since, Appreciate since, you. Since it happened, we might as well talk about it. What's uh what's what's Washington Fusion about? Um gender equality. Mm -hmm. It's it's men and women equally um on the same playing field, um, on the same competitive field. It's uh a situation where you know, you're always used to watching men's basketball, you know, men competing against each other mm -hmm. and women competing each other. But then you have this whole other situation over here because the women feel like they're being slighted, especially, you know, you talk about the WNBA right. from a pay standpoint. Mm -hmm. But competitively, they feel like they can compete with the men. So now... Um, me and my partner, is, it, it, a situation has been created where they, uh, where, you know, you put the platform on the table where men and women can compete right. against each other and play alongside of, alongside of each other. Mm -hmm. So that's literally what the situation is about, is gender equality. Men and women competing on the floor at the same time um, for equal pay. Okay. So that's that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, we also have, you know, we have celebrity owners throughout the league. We just uh, signed uh, uh, Monique, the comedian, mm -hmm. uh, the actress. She has the... Uh, it's a press conference coming in a couple of days, but she signed signed up or not signed up. But I'm sorry, she's the owner of the Houston team, and I guess you know. Shortly after that, we have an LA team as well. Uh, Tammy Roman uh, from what's she on basketball wise? Man. Yeah, basketball wise. I don't Ken know, man. Kenny Smith. I mean, and I said Kenny Smith. Kenny Anderson, ex-wife. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, but she's on basketball-wise. And, of mm -hmm. course, we already got uh, uh, Laura Govan, which is Gilbert Arena's ex-wife. Mm -hmm. uh, she is the owner of the Chicago team. Master P is the owner of the New Orleans team. Uh, Trick Daddy and Trina is the owner of the Miami team. Tiny is the owner of the Atlanta team. And, of course, my partners, Dirk and Dewan, they're the owner of the Washington Fusion here mm -hmm. in dc so um you know we've put on a couple exhibition games to you know just to give the fans a a, a preview of what's to come right right um but it's a lot behind the doors that you know needs to be taken care of in order for the product to be done mm -hmm. that everybody wants to come and see so um 
but yeah, that's what the fusion is about. Um, and here in DC, we we got a situation. <laughs> we got a situation, and uh, I'm just going. I'm gonna keep it at that. But support the Washington Fusion if and when that time comes. All right, cool. So we about to uh, do a little rapid fire here. Oh. Just, I'm going to just throw out some choices. Pick one. You ain't got to explain, but you can if you want. So, um, got to pick one or the other. <laughs> so, we're going to go uh, Dame Lillard or Steph Curry. Ooh. Damn. That's not rapid fire, dog. Like, you got to let me think about this one. Nah, man. Come on, man. Gun, gun to your head. Right, pick one. Steph. Uh, Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams Jamal <laughs> Tim Duncan or KG KG cause KG is just he's a nigga <laughs> hey KG man he crazy that's why right, uh, better career without injuries Penny or Grant Hill Grant Hill Ah, uh, yeah, Grant. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, without <laughs> injuries, Grant Hill. Lakers or Clippers? This year? Yeah. Clippers. It's fuck the Lakers, man. Soft. <laughs> what do you say? S O F capital T capital T. Soft, man. All right, so th- this one is probably going to require a little bit of explanation. Um, how much faith you have in Giannis in regards to getting to that next level and possibly leading his team to a chip? I got a lot of faith in that happening. It, his team has to be better because he, he, he can get you to the lake. Mm-hmm. But – the way that he plays, seven game series is going. It's, it's tough, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because you pack the paint, mm-hmm. play small ball. They don't. Now, Brooke Lopez shoots threes. Right. He's not a low post threat. So the game has completely changed. Right. You pack the paint and run and outrun them, it's. I give Giannis a I give him a 60% chance to get to the finals, mm-hmm. but I give him a 30% chance to win. Mm. Period. Like it's going to be totally different because let's say they play the Clippers in the finals. Right, yeah. They're going to throw both of them bodies at them. And we already saw it. I worked out last year with they, uh Kawhi in Toronto. There you go. So yeah, I mean, it's There you go. I don't know, man. There you go. So it's it's going to be a totally different situation, mm-hmm. totally different situation. But I would I would like for them to beat the Lakers in the finals. I don't want the Bucks to go to the finals if they're not playing the Lakers. Why is that? Because the torch needs to be passed. <laughs> Title LeBron, and I love LeBron. He's awesome, but. He just ain't my cup of tea. He's a great dad. He's a great philanthropist. Philanthropist, uh, 
but you talking to a basketball player, and I'm only speaking just on basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, what you think about this small sample size we got from Zion so far? Uh, hey, man. As long as he stay healthy, it's going to be difficult to stop him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I look for, pray for when it comes to him. Right, yeah, yeah. His health. Because, you know, he's six five and a half, literally. But he's arguably the most athletic player in the league. And I I I don't want him to not miss no gains because of knees or because he overweight or whatever the case may be because it's the tide turns. Yeah. It, you know, everything is evolution. Right. Everything is evolution. LeBron on his way out and then you got this guy and then you got Luca and you got Giannis and they are three different entities. They play three different <laughs> three different ways. So now you look at the league is in good hands. Mm-hmm. And I need him to stay healthy just for the wow factor. Right. Period. Yeah. You know, just for the Definitely. parody. Just for the parody. Because you need somebody over top of the shot clock dunking the basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Giannis is just a freight train. And Luca is just, he's that guy with the basket. He's a point guard. He's a big-ass point guard. But you need Zion to... <sighs> Have you like me right now? Like, hey, yeah, man. man. Like, I mean, God, God forbid, if he like has health issues or whatever. Yeah. Of course, we don't want that. But it, like, I, I would, I would, I would feel a little robbed if we don't get to see him, you know, play out his whole career and get a chance to maximize and, his potential. And exactly, and play out his whole career being him. Right. Yeah. Not being hampered. Not being because, you know, he was limited because of a knee injury that he just never recovered from or something like that. Exactly. I don't – that's what I don't want. I don't wish no – like, one of the things we always said as basketball players when we met at half-court as captains and things like that um, over my entire career, when we shook hands after the referees gave us the spiel on what they wanted from us during the game, we always shook hands and said, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing right. because this is how you feed your family. Mm-hmm. And I never want to see nobody lose a paycheck. I might, you know, don't want to see somebody play on this team, right? go somewhere else. But I never want to see nobody lose their, you know, their income mm-hmm. because this is what's taking care of your family. Right. That's the one thing. I don't care what level you're on. You could be a fucking trash truck. Pick a rupper. Hey, look at him, man. I'm gonna advocate for you to make sure you keep your job. It's right. the same. It's 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 the same way. Whether you rich or poor, it doesn't matter because I know how it goes from both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with this uh, this crop of young talent in the league, got guys like Zion, Luca, Trey Young, uh, John Morant, Tatum, freaking uh, Devin Booker. Like who who you think is gonna end up being the, at the top of the mountain of those young guys? You put Devin Booker in there, yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I put I Devin Booker in. I, like, I don't know, but I put three. Like, he that young? Yes. 
For real? Booker pretty young. They man, they all they all would have been in college together. Dog. All them people would have been in college together. Everybody I just named would have played in college together. Damn, I think so. Devin, but or it, at least overlapped. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Devin Booker ain't 23. He young though. Damian Lillard's uh, young. He closer to he closer to 30. Devin Booker right behind him. No, he not. Yeah. Devin Booker ain't 20. Well, take Book out then. Who who won't be at the top of the heap for the young dudes? Luca. Luca. You think that's who? He because he he does too much. Mm-hmm. Like in a variety of ways. Um, the the way the game is played right now, he brings so much to the table, and I wholeheartedly respect it. Especially after, you know, playing overseas for X amount of years. Right. Because right. I know. Let me, let me interrupt you for one second. I just looked it up. Devin Booker, October 30th, 1996. Are you serious? Yes, dog. The league is young as hell, man. So he, he played one year at Kentucky? He, I think so, yeah. 23, man. I knew he was. I knew he was one of them young, young guys. Wow, gracious! Like it's different because these guys are going to school for one year. Like it's different, man. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but it go makes ahead. Uh, what were you saying about Luca? L- Luca does it in a variety of ways. Because mm-hmm. um, he'll tell you apart passing the basketball, sh- scoring the basketball. Um, rebounding the bat like it's on a bad shooting day the team is still going to be in rhythm right with Luca, mm-hmm. and that's how I look at the game I might be 5 for 20 but watch how this machine works right yeah, and yeah. that's how I judge my players mm-hmm. basketball wise because if you only can score and we stop you from scoring or we limit you limit you from scoring, what's going to happen after that? Because everything is going through you. Everything is going through Luka, but right. he got the ball in his hand and he's making the right play. Mm-hmm. It's a difference. That's why Golden State is always an, an enigma. They right. just scary as hell. They scary as hell. Like, to get Stephen Clay back, <laughs> my man Justin called Draymond Green Welvin. <laughs> now, now Welvin turns into back to his old self, right? Yeah, because now he can be the point forward mm-hmm. because he got pop or that. It doesn't matter. Find you a, a, a big goon in the middle, Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, whatever, to rebound and catch the basketball, lay the ball in. Things change, but everything revolves around these perimeter players. So, um, Luca is Luca's the guy. He's the goods. He's the guy. All that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if you literally, if you're a basketball purist, mm-hmm. and you watch him play, you watch how. Then you'll understand how he systematically, methodically breaks everybody down, every team down. Like, 
You try to trap the screen, he's going to make the right play. Mm-hmm. You hedge too hard, he's getting off the basketball. It doesn't matter. He's going to take what you give him, and then he's going to do the opposite of what you do. Right. He thinks the game mentality too much, and that's the overseas mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's where my that's where my brain works. That's where it functions the most. Right. Period. So, um, last question. So, what this league gonna look like next year? So we got Stephen Clay coming back. We got KD coming back. Like it's this year was kind of a a gap year, so to speak. Cause we had uh yeah, it's a duke year. Yeah. So what uh how the tide gonna turn, man? If 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 everything stays if not everything, if everybody stays healthy, mm-hmm. um I don't see why the Clippers, Golden State, and the Lakers fighting for that top spot. But I honestly see the Clippers and Golden State playing for the Western Conference Finals. Mm. I, I, unless the Lakers do something crazy and get a couple shooters in there in order to make shots, because the game is the game is going to slow down. Right. Um, the East. Uh. I I honestly still think the Bucks are going to be the Bucks, and KD and Kyrie going to have to figure that shit out because they they are ball they need the ball. The Bucks just play basketball, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though Giannis is the guy, uh huh. Giannis still makes the right play. They are not going to be able to stop this guy. Mm-hmm. I think Boston has probably the most talent in the East. But stop him, right? Because if, if 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 he get up thirty nothing, <laughs> you're not coming back. Because he doesn't calm down. My yeah, man yeah, got a that, rocket in his ass. That motor, his motor turn. is ridiculous. So it's difficult to turn. It's difficult to turn it off. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like the Clippers and Golden State, mm-hmm. and I like. The 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 um who I just say the Bucks and the Bucks in Brooklyn. Okay. The Bucks in Brooklyn. But I can't ex Boston out of there. But I like the Clippers. I I, I, I be in the mix. I like the Clippers to win one within the next three years. Okay. If it's not this year, I like the Clippers to win one. Because. Mm-hmm. If they healthy, it's difficult for you to deal yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, they, that's my point. That's a, that's a different beast, right there. Miami is a player away. Yeah, because of the way that they play, they want away. They want away, like another goon, mm. super a goon superstar. Right, right, away. And yeah, but I wouldn't. It, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers won the championship this year. But I'm hoping that it's the Clippers. Yeah, I just want to see something different. I just like negativity. <laughs> <laughs> I like negativity. Oh, man. All right, man. I'm going to let you get out of here. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Hey, man, we ain't got to go. My time. bad. We, hey, man, look here. I think we do, man. Like, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs>
No, I, I say that on purpose, man, because I know he's saying it right there. Right, man. But uh, definitely appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys checking us out again. It's Hoops Unfiltered with Raymond Lines, guest Brian Chase, and we uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>